Hello and welcome. My name's Karen O'Connor and you're listening to the amazing Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood. I'm here today with Luke Hacker from Men's Medicine and I found out about them only about a week or so ago and I was so fascinated by what I heard and what I saw because I did a bit of Facebook stalking that I had to get him on the podcast to come and talk and it turns out when I spoke to him it's actually a really relevant topic but I'll let Luke explain that. So welcome Luke, thank you for coming on the podcast. No worries, thank you very much. I appreciate you having me on as well, much appreciated. So tell me a bit about yourself, and I'm going to ask about your change of hair colour later as well, but I'll leave that till later. Tell me a little bit about yourself and what it is you're involved in. Okay, me and a partner of mine, we have a company called Men's Medicine. It's actually a charity. Just as of recent, we've gone as a um, a charity organisation. And predominantly what we do is we provide workshops, walks and couples workshops as well, all around Australia and New Zealand. I guess what we do is we keep it very simple and what we like to build community that's what we're about uh community connection culture bringing people together and we provide a a very safe space especially for the men we only ever started out with men and i guess the aim of the game was to change families and for us we've seen it as okay if we can target the men then i guess they could show up in their leadership show up for their family show up for their partners and we can create change through that and as we've progressed and grown, we started working with women and then eventually couples because we thought, obviously, having a men's workshop and a woman's workshop, they would eventually just go to one. But trying to get both of them, the masculine and the feminine, in the same room was a quite a difficult task for us. So predominantly, that's what we do now. We work with men, women and couples. We've been all around Australia and New Zealand, from, yeah, everywhere from Auckland right down to, right down to Queenstown everywhere from Sydney, Melbourne, heading to Perth next week, and then oh, Gold Coast, Brisbane. Yeah, so I've been, we've been around, but for us it's about changing the stigma around men's and women's mental health. Not only that, I guess what we don't always do is we're not a lot of, a lot of people are great in you know, awareness, which is awesome and it's great, but we offer a, a bit of a holistical approach and it's more hands-on. Like let's change someone's state, not tell them how to do it. And that's, I guess, where our sole focus is. We're very hands-on and, and we get down and you know, actually do things, not just talk about them. Uh, we don't like to give people a, a bunch of, I guess, handouts and say, okay, go home and action these things. We do things in the present moment as they come up. And that's what Men's Medicine was about. I guess to give you a little bit of backstory, how the name of Men's Medicine, it was given because, you know, every man has something that they can give to another man. Know that they don't have to be anyone special. It could be a simple conversation, a hello, um, how are you? And just being there, listening, understanding and, and hearing them out. And that's, I guess, what we call the medicine. That's where it was come from. So what made you start it? And I actually think it's great. The point you made just then that the big missing in a lot of things is we can do a lot of reading. We can know a lot of things, but unless we actually put it into practice, it's not going to make any difference. And that's obviously the angle you were coming at it from. Let's get this stuff into practice. But what made you start it? Okay, I guess it wasn't definitely not started by me. There's another, there's actually a whole group of us come together at first and it grew very naturally. It was never like this grand business plan, okay, we're going to start this business and this movement kind of thing. It was like we were just doing these things by ourselves and I guess we 
put out a video of what we were doing and it, and it went very viral. And next minute we had people and oh, can we come to Sydney? And okay, I guess we go to Sydney. We're just a bunch of friends hanging out, doing their thing. And yeah, it just sold out. We're like, oh, okay, looks like we're going to Sydney. And then people were saying, can you come to Melbourne? And next minute, okay, we had an event in Melbourne. And it grew very naturally. But I guess just speaking for my own self, for why I um, wanted to work in this space, I have a background in construction. I had to have a construction business outside of this um, work. And for me, there was that awareness part in, I guess, the men's mental health space that was there. And it's becoming very evident. There's a lot of talks about it. It's very common, but there wasn't a great deal of action. And I knew there was a link missing. And for me, like I had a lot of people in the construction industry that had taken their lives, especially younger guys than me and older as well. And I was like, oh, I was quite confused. And it just put me in a position where I'm like, look, you come to an option or, or a path in life where you can either make a decision to give it to someone else and no, uh, that's not my problem. I don't know how to handle that. Or you can be like, okay, um, I'm going to have to level up here and, and I can make a change in this area. I can, you know, I can make an impact in this space. And predominantly that's what I had to come to terms with. And I was just, I was fed up with it really. And that was it. I was like, okay, I, I, there's something I can do here. Um, I'm left with an option. I'll take it and um, run with it. And yeah, here we are. So, what is it you do in the workshops, meetings, what, whatever they're called? Yeah, so I guess my role currently right now as we've evolved is facilitation side of things. That's not where I play my part anymore. My, my particular part right now is management, events, fundraising, the back-end stuff because the whole customer care side of things in this space is very uh, hard and we realise that we can't all do everything. But to give you guys a bit of an analogy, just speaking on the men's side of things, we simplify things very, keep it really simple. For the males, it's teaching, communication, you know, emotions, what are they, anger, you know, feeling hurt, guilt, shame. And we go through all these meditation, breath work. And I guess what it is, is it's leadership as well. Setting an example, very important in this space, especially working with the male aspect. Because if you get a bunch of males in a in a room or whatever, and there's a really you know, someone's showing incredible leadership, what ha- what tends to happen is the rest will follow, and and I guess that's what that's the hard bit, and showing up in your leadership and setting an example for other males is, is really important, whether they're younger or older or not. I guess where a lot of males are struggling is struggling, and females as well, is their environment not um not that great. And what we do is we create not only a safe environment that come at, come as you are, be who you are, but also an environment that's pulling you forward the right way, growth, you know, education, whatever it may be. And giving males and and women as well, I don't want to just you know, segregate it to males, but yeah, giving them tools, tools to navigate through what they are, you know what's going on in their current life, and a community. So like, so many guys like. I just doing everything alone and it's amazing when we get down there for example one of our events that we have is a walk which um people think we just go out and go for a walk which we do but it's actually a workshop on wheels people rock up thinking oh we're just going to walk you know we're just doing a walk and then we turn around and come home it's awesome but little do they know we go through and sketch out everything you know days in advance and find spaces to do our activities and events along the way and yeah it's, it's a workshop on wheels and out in nature which 
makes a very big difference when you're dealing with that kind of um, energy and, and space and what you're trying to provide. It's an element that you don't usually get in a closed room, which adds to the day. So, yeah, it's um, special. So that first video, the first time you met and the video went viral, what were you doing? What was involved and why do you think it went viral? There was a, there was a section there that was uh, a father and son. So there's what it was was the father there's like a father son connection, and that was yeah it's very powerful. It's just a very I have to give credit to a guy Jay Godfrey about his video editing skills because they were amazing. Just the video, the music, it was the right everything was timed so perfectly, and yeah, it was just one of those things where it happened so naturally, but it also happened to be such a good timing thing that it worked out so well, but. There was that, there was a thing called a primal screen that Lenor, the other um, founder of men's medicine that he performed, it was on screen. It was very, it was very masculine and, and also very like raw, I would call it. And it, it, it's not anything that someone had seen before. So that is what, I guess, made it so attractive to so many people. And this was all done outside, wasn't it? So you go on a walk and you go in one of the national parks on the Gold Coast when you're up here and you've obviously chosen it so you can do like you were saying specific things at specific points yeah yeah all of our walks are and at a waterfall they're all so when we first started they were we were walking like anywhere between 15 and 20 k you soon realized trying to do an event on friday uh, on saturday and sunday especially when we traveled places like Auckland and sydney and stuff like that it was a lot of walking we were walking 60 k's in the weekend because we would fly in, walk the track on Friday, and then walk the track on Saturday, and then walk the track on Sunday as well. Sorry if that cut out there. Then walk the track on Sunday as well. By the end of it, we were you know, coming in on Monday, and it's like you know, you'd been walking all weekend up our mountains. And not only that, working with, I guess, energetic workers. It was a very heavy weekend, and it was never going to last a long time. No one could uh, do that forever, so... We had to change things around. And, yeah, so now we walk anywhere between 7 and you know, 5 and 7 Ks. And, yeah, it's a little bit lighter and we put a little, focus a little bit more on the workshop. Yeah, and that's kind of what we do at the moment. And these are everywhere, around Australia and New Zealand. We always go plan these walks out. And why do you end up at a waterfall? For us, it's an element that adds to what we do. And I guess part of how we like to wrap things up is cleansing off in the water. You know, it's, it's quite a heavy day. It's very, um, you know, there's a lot of emotions and, you know, whatever, you know, anger, whatever may have come out or come up throughout the day. And for us, it's important to cleanse off in the water. So we like to finish the day, one jumps in the water, cleanses off, and, yeah, and then we send everyone home. And then we walk home after that. So, yeah, that's, that's the, el- we use the elements of nature to our advantage out there and it's all incorporated into our workshops and, you know, very strategically planned out to make sure that the day flows. I was going to say, because if you're doing a primal scream kind of thing, explain that to me. I know what it is, but in case somebody listening doesn't explain what that is. Mm, I guess so. You know, everything that you've ever done in life, there's emotions stored in the body, whether they be anger or so forth. And just for the male aspect of things, it's really important to let that, anger or that emotion out 
And if you're releasing it in a safe space like that, it's okay. It's not going to come out anywhere else where a lot of things you know, tend to, and as you know, they get to a point where someone annoys them, they're angry. And, you know, everyone knows you can see, see someone that's pissed off and annoyed. And it's, it's very evident and clear. So what that is, is for us, is about going out there and, and giving guys an avenue to safely uh, release that. Instead of going home, taking it out on their partner, their kids, someone that they might just walk past. So it's pretty much where you, I guess, get in the water, you send yourself, and it's a, a very vocal you know, yell, scream, I guess. And it's not from up here, it's from your belly. It's like letting it all out. So that's, yeah, the little... You know, example. And it'd be very confronting doing that if you were in a closed room. But if you've got a waterfall, it helps to absorb all the sound. So it's not as confronting as being in a closed room or an open area because you've got the waterfall there. Most definitely. And it's you're outside. There's a lot of lot less shame around it. There's not so much, you know, a lot less weird, I feel. <laughs> very guys could find it very confronting to do that. And, and, I, and I speak for myself as well, where I first did that and it was very, I said, okay, I don't want to really go out here and just start yelling in the waterfall, like, it's a bit weird. But you know what? After it, there's, there's great benefits and, and what we do is not normal. And you know what? It doesn't have to be. Because what hasn't been working is what's normal today in this space. So I think that's why we have such a really good effect and why our work's very well remembered and it goes a long way. It's different. And I think that's what males need, especially women as well. The women's walk through is more powerful. I got to give that the girls praise that come to our event. They are, uh, yeah, they really show up. Hey? It's very different. Like both walks are very much the same, but also very different. Very, very different. So yeah, it's, it's a really good day. It was interesting when we were talking last week about this, and you were saying. There was a guy with us and he was saying the walk that he did when you got down to the waterfall and you all started talking about suicide, didn't you? Yeah. Can you tell me about that? Because that was really profound for me. That was what made me take a step back. Yeah. Mm. Like not so, take a step back to distance myself, but just wow. <laughs> yeah. So there's a, there's an exercise that we do. I won't break it all down for you because it'll ruin it for anyone that comes. But <laughs> It's pretty much what we do is we shine a light on how real suicide rate is because we all hear the statistics and whether we've seen them or not or, you know, whether you've lost someone or you haven't lost someone, it's, it's never really real until you see it and it's right in front of your face. And the exercise that we do, it, I give a bit of an insight, it's, I guess, asking males to be honest about suicide, whether they've thought about it or not. And there's a part there where it, it uh like where it gets down to that day, and people are like, okay, you know, have you thought about suicide today? And it's it's quite alarming how many guys are still standing in the middle of the circle, or you know, willing to be there and confront up to it. And that that's for us is highlighting it, and everyone needs to see that. And that's why we do that because. Now, we can hear about, you know, so-and-so took his life and here and why and there, but when you're standing there and there's a amount of men that are standing in the middle of that circle, all women as well, not just um, one-sided here, and you actually have to look at that, that's the statistics. Like, all those men that were standing here this morning in the middle of that circle, 
uh, very well could not have been here tomorrow or today. And that just hits home with everybody. So you see it. And guys are honest about it. It's, um, it's quite alarming, hey. You, you can have a group of 50 men, still 10 men standing in the middle of the circle, saying that they didn't want to be here today, this morning, that they thought about taking their lives. Is Yeah, that's how real it is. And there's a lot of people that don't want to have that conversation, feel guilt or shame or, oh, you know, we don't talk about that. But you know what? That's, that's not working. So uh, it's important to let people actually see it as well. That's a statistic. You know, we can write it down on paper and say, you know, this many percent of people die each day. But when you actually have to go down there and you're looking at another guy or, or a woman in the eye that's standing in a circle saying, yeah, they didn't want to be here today, thought about taking their lives, that's when it hits home. It's so movie. And that's, yeah, real, real side of it. And that's why we, yeah, I guess we don't shy away from having those tough conversations or, or being okay with putting it out there and saying, you know, this is, this is the statistics right here. It was interesting how many of the men were there because their wives had made them go as well. That was fascinating. T- talk to me about that. Yeah, definitely. So, oh, like... We've been everywhere, hey, all over Australia and New Zealand. And the amount of men that rock up, and I'm like, oh, hey, obviously I always ask, how'd you get here? How'd you hear about us? Common small chat. And, you know, 80% of them are like, oh, yeah, my partner sent me here. I'm like, oh, okay. Even when the tickets are coming through, I'm looking at the names. I'm like, I have to message, you know, the partners. I'm like, hey, you actually have to put your partners down. You need to know who's coming, et cetera. And they're like, oh, yeah, he doesn't know he's coming. I'm like, well, maybe you should tell him. Maybe you should tell him. I've had a few people rock up and they're like, yeah, I didn't know I was coming today. My partner put me in the car um, and dropped me off. I'm like, okay. Okay, that's where things are at. So many women have been like, okay, this is the last straw. Like, if this doesn't help, like, potentially our relationship's gone or they don't know what to do with them anymore. And Yeah, they're desperate. So they've had multiple like so many women send their partners on one of our events yeah it's quite alarming to be honest and and is that an indication of the the person looking in can see the issue but the person in the issue is unable to do anything about it or is it a men thing as well is is there's kind of a combination asking it's the asking yeah it's a combination of both for me and i guess i'll roll into the next section on this it's like Men don't know how to ask for help, or they do know how to ask for help, but coming to something like an event like ours is very confronting. The amount of men I know that have come to an event and then they're like, oh, yeah, I came to the last one, but I was in the car park and I left. I got scared and I left. I'm like, yeah, I've seen you. I've seen you leave, man. And, um, like, yeah, even last time we did an event in Christchurch at the university and it was a two-day event event and those guys that rocked up the very first day and they all were in the car park and they left and they rocked up they're like oh, i'll come back the next day and they come back they're like yeah, i was meant to be here yesterday but I, I bailed and that's happened so many times and that's just perfectly normal and fine like what we do men's work and i guess and a women's side as well it's not normal it's not normal there's not a great deal there's not a great deal of people doing exactly what we do at all so Yes, it will be confronting. 
is it the normal? No, it's not normal. Do would we like to do the normal thing that everyone's offering? No, definitely not. Because not that it doesn't work. We just know that what we do is different, and a lot of people require something different. That's why we've gone this avenue, and that's why we provide something very out of the not so much out of the box services for people to help them. That's that's normally why our stuff is very uh. Yeah, some people don't like it, some people do like it, but the most important thing is providing other avenues for people. Not everyone's going to like what we do, but there's a hundred other avenues as well. So what we do is we just provide a different service for people that may not like the normal type of system. A lot of people go to psychiatrists and stuff like that, and they've had massive results. They love that, which is awesome. And then we've had some that didn't like it and they didn't stick to it. There's people left on the fringes on the outskirts go on to these things still going and they're not getting any results and you know they may be able to come to something like ours bang and have a massive change and for us that's what it's about to provide another avenue for people to help grow and change i've got to say here and this is going to sound really discriminatory you do not look like a tree hugger you mm. look you look like a bodybuilder somebody who does work on building sites you do look like that you've not got you're not an airy fairy bearded mm. tree hugger <laughs> no definitely not and I, I just and I dug myself such a hole there right <laughs> no 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 I, I understand that most definitely and it's just something that I always laugh about especially with friends I know and although I guess what, how I like to put it is yes we do I guess there's the spiritual aspect to what we do and for me I, I respect that side so much but it's not where I live I don't choose to live there does the spiritual aspect and community and, and what they serve and what they offer have an immense value for not only my mental health, but a lot of other people? Yes, so much. I respect it, but I don't actually live there, not where I live. Do I, do I take what they offer and, you know, this whole centered and, and being in, um, control of yourself and understanding a deeper, uh, connection with who you are and what you want to bring to this world is, is, it's important. And yes, you're right. I don't, I definitely don't look like that because that's, that's not what I am. Um, that's exactly where I don't live. And people are quite surprised, I'm not sure. And what we want to do is, it's, I guess what we try to say is we're a bit of a bridge for males. Like there's this, all, all women as well. It's like there's this full spiritual connected side, spiritual side. And then there's like a, I guess the mainstream, like people that don't really believe in that side of things. We're a bit of a bridge in between. You know, we allow people to come back and forth and mix the two worlds together. But you don't have to live there. Just because you come to a men's medicine event or function or whatever doesn't mean you have to live in the spiritual world. We just use the elements that um, they provide and, and the understanding of you know, how, to, how to get in a state, et cetera, help people heal and, and go through these things. It doesn't mean you have to stay there. You can go back to your normal you know, lifestyle in the... No, whatever world it is that you live in, whether it's the construction world, commercial, real estate, wherever that may be. But yeah, so yeah, I definitely don't look like the kind of guy that would do men's work as well. So yeah, I get a lot of different mixed messages. Even um, for example, where was he in Christchurch last year? That might have been a year before the youth prison. So we had a uh, went to a youth prison. Kids there, obviously, very you know, these kids are been through you know, hell and back I guess and they've, they've done a lot of things in the community and I went in there 
me and Lena when we started speaking and I got up and spoke to these kids and obviously I don't realise how heavy my Aussie accent is. <laughs> and it is it's very me thinking twangy. you're a Kiwi. <laughs> yeah, I, I am. See, this is the thing. I am a Kiwi, but yeah. I my last name Tekka and you know people say, oh, it's Luke Tekka and they it's on the badge and I say, yeah, you know, what's more about how are you? And I got up and I started talking and these kids were ripping on me. Hey, they were like, oh, where's your mud crabs, mate? Like, where's your kangaroos? And they started ripping on me and I actually just completely forgot. I was like, shit, I look like this Kiwi guy, but I sound so Aussie. Hey, So, yeah, I, I'm used to going into areas like that where I may not look like I look like I sound like I should sound and that's just and it's, it's different and it's okay. So, yeah, I, I like that about me, I guess. You actually had a rough few years, didn't you? Which mm. was one of the reasons you started moving towards where you're at now. Yeah. So I guess to break my story down a little bit, I'll just start with like where I grew up. I grew up in a small town, uh, Quilpie, which is way out west in southeast Queensland. And um, not southeast, like southwest Queensland. And there's not a great deal out there. So, yeah, I, my, my other father worked in Sheeran Shed. You know, very as country as they come, as far as like in country in Australia. Soon moved on from there, went to uh, boarding school in a place called Rockhampton. I was situated there for a little while, went to Brisbane for a year, played some footy. Anyway, I went back to Rockhampton, and I guess that's when uh, I guess my life changed quite a bit, and it took an unexpected turn. Where at that time, I I was introduced to, I experimented with drugs and stuff a lot when I was in high school, uh, which was fine, but at that time, ice, you know, drug ice, and everyone would know about it by now, was just getting introduced into these towns, which were such as Rockhampton and all these, like, was heading up the coastline. And I remember the, you know, I'm happy to, we're happy to talk about drugs on here. We can go down yeah, the yeah, family. Yeah, 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 that's fine. <laughs> so for me, it was, as a young kid, I, I think I would have been 19 back then, and I didn't really understand it at all, to be honest. And I, I know there'd be so many parents, there's probably a mother on here right now saying they've had problems with their young boy or, or girl that's, you know, around this drug as well. And for me, it just, it was like a plague, hey, it just took everyone by surprise within about six months. And because then I knew what ice was, I didn't, I never smoked it or had anything to do with it, but I knew what it was because I'd been down in Melbourne and Adelaide and travel around a little bit but a lot of the kids and the young adults up there they didn't really know what it was so they had speed and then eventually it was all turned into ice and people just thought that they were smoking smokable speed but it was actually ice and I remember when it first come to town and like we were just like people who sold speed to everyone now selling ice to everyone just saying it's the same thing it's just smokable and no one really knew and I, I do remember a time where it just really shook me. Hey, I like we used to go to parties and everyone was twice in, you know, in a really very secluded places, like nowhere in, in bathrooms is very well hidden. And that was just normal for, you know, a few months. And then within about four or five months, you know, I was attending parties more and more. And it was like everyone was, it was like smoking a cigarette. Everyone was just sitting on the couch. Everyone was sitting in the bath. It was not hidden at all. There was no, like, shame around it. There was no, like, oh, that's dirty, that's bad. It was just, like, widely accepted. And, yeah, that's where my life pretty much took a turn really bad where I was smoking a lot for, you know, a couple of years. 
they didn't work, nothing like that. My, <clears throat> yeah, my, it's, it was just a very confused time for myself. And yeah, it took, took quite a few years of my life. But for me, I was very fortunate enough to be able to pull myself out of that and, um, and make some massive changes in my life. But I know there's still so many you know, young men, women out there that have still got a lot of problems with them. And, and those drugs affect communities so badly. And I, and, I, and I know that because yeah, I've been there. And I've seen it, you know, affect all my friends. I, I remember there's a time just before Christmas, uh, a lot of my friends, they all went home for Christmas and a lot of them didn't come back. And, uh, and it was because they went home and their parents seen how they looked and they would have looked run out. And, and I don't blame them. So, you know, kudos to any of the parents that back then that took their kids and, you know, cause a lot of them were from farms and stuff like that. And they just thought, you're not going back to town. Like, look at you, you're a mess. Yeah, it, it was pretty bad now that I look back at it and I look at how I looked and how my friends looked and I was like, no wonder they were, like, worried. So, yeah, it was, it was a bit of a, yeah, and that, that was a very tough time in my life. Young kid not knowing what to do. Had a had a drug and addiction that I didn't actually know I had at the time. In denial about it, didn't want help, nothing like that. So it was a very Dark time is probably one of the you know, hardest times I had to go through my lifetime anyway. So yeah, then and it led me obviously to where I am today. And I've spent a lot of time not only on my mental stability but my physical appearance and, and making sure that I really tidied myself up a lot so I was presentable. And yeah, I've come a long way in that space. Is that why you went into the youth prison in New Zealand? Um, no, not predominantly, but definitely we want to work with youth. We actually got invited there as a She's Not Your Rehab. So Matt and Sarah Brown, they're in New Zealand. They have a, a She's Not Your Rehab. They work with a lot of domestic violence and stuff, and they do work in the community in that space as well. And, yeah, they knew we could make a difference. They go out to these places all the time. So they're like, okay, do you want to go out? We're like, yep. And that's predominantly how we ended up there. But yeah, wow. I love, it. love going to those places. They're really, um, really eye-opening. So tell me about your blonde hair, because you were dark when I spoke to you on Thursday. Yeah, and so now you're Thursday. blonde. For people listening, he's completely changed hair colours. Yeah, I've got a hair, different hair colour, and I've never dyed my hair before either. But that kind of guy, just keep it as is. Um, there's a story to it. A good friend of mine, Timmy Montanga and Jess Benny, they had a little baby girl named Luna, and she actually got hit by a car just before Christmas this year. Funny, I just recently gone. And obviously, it's you know devastating day and event, you know, leading up to Christmas, and it's been obviously a hard, hard go for that family. She was such a bright kid, and uh, we always try to support, you know, you know, support as much as we can. And Timmy's the father, and he decided to do a marathon, which was Malulabam Marathon on the weekend. And yeah, we're like, look, we're all gonna do it. Gonna do it just to keep him on track, keep him motivated, keep him moving. You know, we don't, you know, as much as we can do to support him. So yeah, we all went down there. There was, I think there was eight of us all together. I uh, went down and ran the little bar triathlon. Obviously, by looks of me, I'm no triathlon runner, nor are the, any of the other uh, guys that attended. And yeah, we all went down there in full support for the Lunar Foundation. So if you want to check that out, it's on Lunar on Instagram. It's just the Lunar Foundation. It's coming up soon. Uh, Jess and Timmy Montanga. They're kicking that off, and I guess their story is amazing as well. And 
how she's been able to deal with grief and it's still very early stages, but a lot of that's still playing now. But uh, I think it's going to be an annual thing for us. But yeah, the hair was, um, everyone dyed their hair. The, the girl that lost her life, little Luna, she was a very bright little kid and you know, she had red hair and stuff and she liked unicorns. And so we had a very uh, leery outfit on and a lot of pinks and purples and people dyed their hair. I rocked up on Saturday, might bit near Friday, and um, kind of didn't expect my hair to be dyed, but everyone had their hair dyed, so I couldn't be the odd one out. So yeah, was, I was uh, I was up. Um, yeah, that ended up with his blonde hair, and yeah, and and sunburn as well. I, I've actually got a number on my. I don't know if you can see it. Okay. I've got <laughs> the number still on my arm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I've still got the number on my arm because I had to run with it in the sun, and obviously I don't wear any sunscreen. And um, so, yeah, it's tanned into me. So I won't be forgetting about that anytime soon. So I ended up with blonde hair and a tanned arm. <laughs> so it was a really good weekend, though, for a really good cause. I'll put the link to that on the webpage as well. Just tell me, before you go, because it's nearly time to wrap up, tell me a little bit about your programs and how people can get in touch with you. And if, you know, this is aimed at, at women, obviously, but if they're worried about their partners or their sons or whoever the men in their lives how can they get in touch with you apart from turning up in the car with them on the saturday morning yeah i guess the the biggest thing for them is to um like i feel like males have to be not forced but you have to put it in front of them and it's uh, i know that's hard and it's a little bit people not everyone will agree with that but it's saying that hey maybe you might need you know, I'm going to help you out. I guess asking them, well, can you help them? Because not everyone's going to accept it. They may not be open to it. But I guess giving them the comfort that, you know, you you do have their best interest and you would not send them to something like this if you didn't think that it wouldn't help. Um, I think that's the breakdown where women are like, hey, I'm sending you this and it's an approach in a different way where you should be like, hey, look, trust me. Yes, I, I have my, I have your best interest. I think this would be really not only you, but our relationship, so forth. And mainly to reach out on Facebook or Instagram. If you just type in men's medicine on either of those platforms, it's very, very easy to find us. A lot of our, you know, a lot of guys are on our community stuff, a lot of positive stuff on there. There's so many people you can mix in with and Kate as well. It's about the community. The community should support each other. Finding our event, Eventbrite, jump on there, or Facebook, or Instagram, pretty much if you're, Looking on our socials, it should not be hard to find any of our events. We're always posting about them, always putting them up. Other than that, if you've got any questions, please reach out and the messages uh, will get back to you. But then even post-event, every attendee, whether you're a couple or a man, you're put into a private Facebook group where that's where you get to communicate with everyone that's been on the event, event and so forth. So then you know, when you leave, you don't want to just leave and you know never you – know, a lot of events, events that you go to functions you go there you meet a few people you shake a few hands and you probably won't see them until you maybe go to another one or you know, two years down the track where you run into a similar kind of event we like to make sure that everyone has the opportunity to connect after as well without them having to track each other down so everyone's details are going to a group and they're all entered into a facebook group and they go from there as well so yeah there's, there's a lot of support as well post events and the other thing that surprised me was the cost. How much is it? To come on a couple's workshop, it's 3 dollars for the, uh, the both. And then 
for either one of our workshops or our walks is 179, which is like crazy because a lot of people have said, what is, why is that so cheap? <laughs> We've had people go and that is worth a lot more than what you guys offer. But for us, that's why we've gone as a charity. For us, it would be really nice to offer free events. We know a lot of the demographics that we work with aren't in a financial position where they can't afford personal growth, where they can't afford to invest in themselves or their relationships. So for us, you know, we, we balance a fine line without one, being able to stay alive and, and keep being able to do what we do and travel around. And then two, making it more uh, affordable enough so that people can get the help and support that they need. Thank you so much, Luke. Have you got anything else you want to share before we go? No, other than pretty much thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, the opportunity to speak has been awesome. And um, yeah, if any support that you guys could show us, please you know reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, share any of our content is, is much appreciated. And the, the more we get this word out there, the better. If you have any questions or queries about any events, you want to know anything more about them, definitely visit our website at www.nsmedicine.info or just reach out. There'll be a few of us replying on the socials as well and getting back to you if you have any questions or queries about what we do or how we do it, where we come into town and stuff like that. So, yeah, happy to answer any questions as well. Fantastic. And the other thing is, can you give me that link to that video you were talking about of your very first walk? I, I can give you a link to a couple of them, actually. Thank you so much. That was absolutely brilliant. I think it's amazing what you do, and I'm so glad I could talk to you. No worries. Thank you so much, Hayne. We really appreciate it, and uh, giving us the platform to speak as well and, and hear about what we do and spreading it out to your audience. So it's much appreciated. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. I'll talk to you again soon, Luke. Thanks. Cheers. Bye-bye. Head on over to the website for more information about this episode and more information about my guests, and don't forget to subscribe. We'll love you forever. Thanks so much for tuning in. See you next week. Bye.